Welcome to our podcast series, Talking with Traders, hosted by expert trader Garth McKenzie in London, from where he's interviewing various guests on the topic of trading. Welcome back to season seven of Talking with Traders. We're now into the fourth year of this podcast since it started in early 2020. Once again, IG have come on board as our sponsor for this season. We are truly privileged and grateful to have such a global leader in CFD trading as our sponsor. Over the coming weeks, I'll be interviewing various guests from around the globe on the topic of trading. Some will be follow-ups with past guests and some will be new guests. The idea behind this podcast is that you get a variety of views from a broad spectrum of market professionals. None of what you hear in these episodes is intended to be financial advice, but it is intended to get you thinking about how you might be able to apply what you hear here into your own trading and investing. Please remember to subscribe to this podcast in your favorite podcast app. That way you'll be notified when new episodes are released. Once again, thank you to IG for funding and sponsoring this podcast into its fourth year. And thank you listeners for tuning in. Please enjoy season seven of Talking With Traders. Welcome back to another episode of Talking With Traders. And this episode is for listeners who like financial engineering. If you like the idea of guaranteed US dollar returns, this is the podcast for you to listen to. My guest is Brian McMillan from Investec Securities. Brian, welcome to the podcast. Thanks very much. Uh, thank you. Yes, not exactly Traders Corner, this one. No. Uh, we're more on the investment side. Um, and uh, it's Investec Bank Limited. So Investec we, uh, Bank, not Investec yeah. Securities. My apologies. Securities, yeah. No problem. Super. So, uh, as I said in the intro, Brian, this is going to be all about structured products and uh, and and guaranteed US dollar returns, etc. You've got an exciting new product that's uh, out there at the moment. One of many products that you guys have released over the years, which have uh, been pretty good by by all accounts, and we'll talk about that later in the podcast. But um, you, you mentioned this is more about investing and less about trading, which is absolutely the case. Uh, however, it is always interesting to talk about different products and also get people's views from different aspects of the market, be that trading or be that investing. And what I'm particularly excited about speaking to you about today with this is the is the financial engineering aspect of it and the products or the back end products that go into making these structured products. But I guess a good point to start with is just to ask you, you know, very simple, back to first principles, what is a structured product in the context of what you guys are selling here? Yeah, sure. So, you know, structured product has has such a broad name. Um, I think in South Africa, most people have seen uh, structured products that are offered to, to retail clients, um, and they generally are equity-linked uh, investments. Um, and they're sort of characterized by the fact that they have a capital-protected uh, component to them, whether that be 100% capital-protected or protection subject to a barrier on the downside. But generally, when, when the South African investor is looking at structured products, they're, they're thinking about equity-linked and with some level of capital protection with it. Mm, okay. So now this latest product that you've got is called the Optimal Investment Growth Basket. Um, and clients, investors 
can subscribe to it. I think the deadline is 24th of November, 2023 to subscribe for this one. But let's just talk about this product at a high level quickly. And I, mean, I want to ask you a couple of things like the constituents of the basket, the term of it. Just give us a bit of those details around this basket so that we can get a high level picture of what it looks like before we then start talking a little bit more about specifics. Yeah, so um, the general um, premise of this is that it's a five-year note, and we'll go into the reason why it's uh, five years long. It's actually structured as a share, so not a note, it's a, a share. Um, the investment lasts for five years, and it's 100% capital protected in US dollars. So um, if the indices that I'm uh, about to tell you about don't perform over those five years, the investor will get their capital back at the end of the term. Um, the indices that we're talking about are put together in a basket. And essentially, we, what we're doing is we're forming an index out of four different indices. So you have the S&P 500 at 40%. Um, you have the Eurostox 50 at 25% weighting. And then we have the Nikkei 225 um, at 20% and 15% is made up of the MSCI World Emerging Markets Index. Now, that Emerging Markets Index is heavily weighted towards India and China. So not a lot of South Africa in there, but it does have a, a small component of, of South Africa. So altogether, that basket actually mimics quite well the MSCI World Index, mm. but it's not exactly the same. And what we've done is in the MSCI World Index, the weighting in there of the S&P 500 would be over 50%. What we've done is we've looked at these and said, you know, the, the S&P is looking a little bit top heavy at the moment, mainly because of those, you know, the Magnificent Seven, the, the AI or the tech shares, um, which are pushing up those valuations. So we've pulled that back a little bit put a little bit more into Eurostox, a little bit more into the Nikkei and kept the uh, Emerging Markets Index at 15% there. Um, okay. And, and that altogether uh, forms the, the basis for the returns there. Um, and so that, that will be whether that basket is up, um, you will get a return of one and a half times whatever that index does or whatever that basket does. Um, you will get, if it goes up 10%, you will get 15 Because if it goes up 20%, you will get 30%. So we have this geared upside and no downside. And I think that's really the basis for um, a lot of the appeal in these structured products is, you know, you have the chance to make more than the index on the upside and, uh, and preserve your capital if indices are bad over the next five years. And you know where we are at the moment, uh, the, un the outlook is certainly a little more uncertain than we've seen for a number of years. Yeah, absolutely it is. It's a very attractive. You mentioned the 150% gearing to the upside, but that is also capped, isn't it? Yes. So um, that, that's another thing about structured products is it's always a, a give and take. You know, you have, because you have this downside protection, um, you have to give away some upside. So what we've done here is we've capped it. It looks like it's going to be capped around about 40%. Um, and it's a growth of the basket of 40%. But because you're earning one and a half times that 40%, if the indices do go up 40%, 
you will get the maximum return being 60% at that right. point. Okay. So what we're, what we're kind of saying here is that we think equity markets over the five-year period will grow, but we don't see them shooting the lights out and going up 70 80%. You know, if they go up 30%, then you'll get one and a half times that. If they go up 40, you'll be at your maximum. Um, and, and we've looked at it, you know, historically as well. And, and um, most of the returns are around about that, um, you know, over a five-year period are around about that 30, 40, 50% level. Right. Um, so that in this case, it's, it works out to 9.8% annualized if you've got the maximum return at the end of the period. Yes. Okay. That's very attractive. Okay. So capital guaranteed, you can't lose money on this thing in US dollars. Uh, your your maximum upside is going to be 60% return, assuming that your, your underlying basket does 40 or more. Um, and just to clarify that, I mean, if the basket did do, let's just say, I don't know, 100%, but highly unlikely, as you've said, but if the basket did 100% over the five years, your your return is still going to be capped at 60 based on the way that the structure is is done. Okay. All right. And then um, the, the one other thing that we always kind of talk about, you know, your capital is protected, but that's subject to, to credit risk. So we always say, you know, subject to credit risk, what you are doing is you're giving, um, you know, your money to, um, to some, one of the biggest banks in the world. You know, so there's always the chance that, you know, those banks could go under. So we never say guaranteed, but we, um, you know, the banks that we, we link these to are always A-rated banks um, with very big balance sheets. And in this particular case, um, you know, we're, we're going with um, uh, some, some big bank names and it's credit linked to another three names there. I'm just getting, making 100% sure here. So, this particular one will be Morgan Stanley, yep. you know, big American bank. And then uh, it has three credit references underneath that. And we can unpack that sort of thing when we talk about the how we work the capital protection. Okay. All right. So the point is like, yes, there is some counterparty risk, but the counterparty mm-hmm. are those big three banks. And if those kind of banks go under, well, we've got bigger problems in our lives than than. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, all right. And uh, there's a minimum investment amount for a retail client to participate in this, right? Yes, that's correct. So, because we we actually started this um, investment over 15 years ago, um, you know, the the first ones were around about twelve thousand rand, uh, one thousand rand, one thousand dollars per share. And what's happened is over time, that share has actually increased over time. Um, over the last 15 years, the last three products, this is the fourth iteration of it. Um, and so those shares, each share is now $12,000 okay. at the moment. And that would be your your minimum investment amount. Yeah. So $12,000 is the, is the minimum. Okay. All right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Indeed, um, you you mentioned that it's a it's a listed share or it's traded as a as a note. Uh, just explain that for us, if you would. I mean, I know a note is obviously it is an um, it's a product that you take counterparty risk on, which we've discussed. Mm-hmm. Uh, but is it liquid? Where does it trade? Is there a reference price daily that investors can see? Yeah. 
Yeah. So, so we have a number of different types of structures. Um, we, as a bank, Investec Bank Limited, list uh, notes on the JSE. We also list notes in Dublin. Uh, this particular structure is actually very unique in that it's actually a share structure um, based in Guernsey. Okay. And it has a number of advantages. Um, the first one is that um, <clears throat> because it's based in Guernsey, the company itself pays no tax. So um, we put the essentially put the structured product inside this company. You buy a share in the company. In five years' time, let's hope the market goes up. Let's say it goes up 45%. You'll get the maximum return of 60 And at that point, we will come back to you and say, why not invest in our new product? might be slightly different weighted. It might be the S&P 500 only um, for a further five years, but you don't have to sell your shares at that point. So we put the new structure inside of those shares. You can, at that point, continue to hold that share. And having never sold it, obviously, you don't pay tax until you, you sell a share, uh, finally. But the other major advantage is that, you know, once we, we put the new structure inside, we rebase that capital protection up. So, you know, we, you now put 100% in, you now have 160 and your capital protection is from 160 now for the next five-year period. And, and that's been very powerful because, um, you know, we started these in 2003 um, issuing these company structures. And it's only now, once we've done three or four of them, you know, 15, 20 years later, that we realize how powerful that is for somebody who stays in yeah. because they keep rebasing their capital protection, but they never sell the share. And, and one of the um, really amazing things about our product is how many people stay in the products. The retention rate is really good. Um, yeah. So people have had good returns. Obviously, that's the first thing they want to see. But secondly, they get higher and higher capital protection as they move down the line. Okay. All right. Fascinating. Yeah, because that was going to be one of my questions. If you if you had have rolled over these these products from one iteration to the next, you must have done pretty well over mm. the years. Mm. Yeah, and uh, I mean, I mean, it you know it works the other way when the market's down. Um, after five years, which we had in, I think, only one or two of our products. in 2000, We started them in 2007. By the time they expired in 2011 and 12, um, the market was down. You got your capital protection, but now the market's at a lower level and you reinvest at that level. You know? So yeah. a number of advantages uh, with staying in them over time. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. So we, I mean, we talk about staying, and obviously that's the benefit. And, and holding the product mm -hmm. to its maturity, of course, is is first prize in terms of being able to extract the maximum possible return out of it. But we know that sometimes life happens; people die or get divorced or whatever, or they have some sort of urgent need to liquidate their investments. Um, is there liquidity available in this product? Should somebody need to get out before the five year term is up? Yes, very much so. And, um, you know, Garth, you would have remembered uh, 2002, three, um, in the South African market, I think, um, I think with your old shop, actually, mm. um, they came and brought some structured products in. They were one of the French banks. 
Um, and, you know, they sold it into the market and then disappeared for five years. Yeah. Nobody knew how to phone them, get them. And, and one of the things that we've made very clear when we, we did these structured products is we want them to firstly be easy to buy, easy to hold, and easy to sell. So, you know, the, the purchase process is, is uh, quite well known amongst the IFAs in South Africa. We hold, you can hold them on a platform. You can hold them on a stockbroking account. You can hold them on a custody account. Um, the second thing is that, you know, we want to be able to, to give people a daily mark-to-market price. Okay. So the ones that we list on the JSE, we've got a bid offer, uh, certainly a bid on the screen at all times. And that just, that was another thing that just kind of brought people along um, and made them more comfortable with structured products because once they could see there was a daily price and they got their um, accounts, uh, you know, the monthly statements, they could see, oh, that value has gone up or it's gone down. Um, and that just gave another level of, of comfort. And then, of course, the third thing was, is can you trade them? And, um, you know, our JSC ones, for example, we, we trade them quite often on the JSC. People phone us up and, and say, you know, um, I want to sell, you know, a thousand units. Um, we go bid on the screen. And with our uh, Guernsey products, we, we make a, a market as well. So people come to us. It's not a live market like the JSE. You can't, you know, go in and, and just put your offer on you phone us. But we do, um, we do buy back those from the clients. And that's at the prevailing price of that product. So, you know, if, if you bought it now and the index has gone up, uh, they're also very easy to, to hold. And, and what we realized was over time was if you um, make markets available to people where they can see the prices of these, whether it's on the JSE or on a web page that we, we produce on a daily basis, it gives people comfort to actually hold these. Um, and, and we've been able to do that over time, make sure that investors know on a monthly basis when they get their statement that they can see the price of these, they can see them moving up or down. And then lastly, of course, is, is the ability to actually sell them. And yeah. um, we do that, you know, our JSE listed notes, what, um, you can actually trade, you, you've got a share code, you can see that we're bid in the market. Um, the brokers know that if they want to do larger size, their phone is up, we go bid on the screen, we match them there. With our Guernsey products or our um, these offshore shares, uh, we make the market ourselves. So people phone us, we'll tell them what the, the price is, and we actually make a, a market in those. Um, and that market is normally, you know, you're, we, we take the, the mark-to-market price, which we can go into how we make that up, but uh, less than 1% spread. So okay. it's not that punitive in terms of unwinding as well. Okay. All right. That's good to know. All right. So I think that's great, Brian. We've got a good understanding of how the product you know, works from, mm-hmm. a, from an outcomes perspective. What I'm most interested in here, being a trader and having dabbled a bit in options and, uh, and, and derivatives all my life, is to understand a little bit about the inner workings of this thing. Because you know, you've got a you've got a hundred percent capital protection, which which is great. You've also got a a cap on the upside. Um, so you know, my sort of amateur options trading 
background tells me there's probably maybe a put option in here and a written call out the money at a 40% higher up or something like that. But I mean, perhaps it's not as simple as that. Can you give us a bit of a background yeah. into the the yeah. inner, without giving away the secret sauce, I guess, although the secret sauce is not that easy to attain as a retail investor anyway, I guess. So let's no. let's understand the, the sort of the inner workings. No, we're, we're very happy to be very open with our, you know, the way that we structure these products. So, um, and, and it's, you know, the more we are, the more people, you know, look at it less as, you know, some sort of, witchcraft and, and more of the investment product that it is. Yeah. Um, so it, you know, the structured products, as I said, they've all got a couple of things in common. One of them is the fact that they have a term. So, um, you know, these products, are the, the optimal is five years long. And what that means is that we know as a bank that we're going to have your money for five years. Now, right. Obviously some people, are, you know, this invest, but for, for the most part, and we find, you know, 93% of people hold it to term and in fact, roll it over. But so as soon as we know that we have your money for a five-year period, what we do is, so client gives us a thousand US dollars. And we take that thousand US dollars. And the first thing that we do is we go to our uh, funding desk and we say, uh, to the funding desk, we have $1,000. Um, we want to give the client back $1,000 in five years' time. Um, how much do I have to give you today in order for it to grow to $1,000? So, you know, we essentially we PV or uh, we get the present value of that using current interest rates. Now, in, in this particular case, what we're doing is we're actually giving that money to Morgan Stanley uh, because they are providing us credit. And they would say to us, um, you know, if you give us 72% today of that of that $1,000, that will grow in five years' time back to $1,000. So you you give us uh, $720, we'll give you 1000 back in five years' time. That allows us then to, to have the, the balance then um, and what we do with that is we actually split it into fees and optionality. So the first thing is um, we as the bank in this particular case, we earn 60 basis points per annum on this particular structure, which is 3% over five years. Yep. And we do that. We only take that out of the, the price on an annual basis. So we don't take it all out up front. Um, we then, because we're selling this to the, uh, through the advisor market here in South Africa, we also pay them 60 basis points per annum or another 3%. And then the, the cost to run the company for the five years, you know, we have auditors, we have, um, we have to set up audit directors, all of that in Guernsey, that's around about 1%. So 7% is used for fees. 72% uh, is given to Morgan Stanley to provide us with the capital protection in five years' time. And that leaves us with 21%. And what we do with that 21% is um, we go to about seven or eight different banks, all international banks, all, all A-rated, because, again, you don't want the credit risk of them not paying you your option out. Um, and we say to them, we want to buy 
uh, one and a half times call options. So what that means is you have the gearing of one and a half times if you buy one and a half options. Um, and how much does that cost? Now, they might come back to us and say, that will cost 30% of your, of your $1,000. Well, we say, well, we only have 21% right. to spend. And at that point, that is where the cap comes in. So they will say, okay, we will sell another call option higher up. So, um, and in this particular case, it looks around about 40%. So we buy one and a half time call options at 100%. So we have the money. And as soon as the market goes up, you start making one and a half times whatever the market goes up. And then we sell them at 40% higher and that's where it's capped out. So it's really a one and a half times call spread is what we're buying there for the for the trader minded. Yeah, and okay. and all of that put together makes it quite neat because now you've bought an investment where all fees and costs are worked into the product. All fees and costs are well known by all the you know the investors. There's no hidden costs. There's no. Um, Costs that the, the client will actually have to pay extra uh, at expiry or anything like that. So, you know, the client knows that if that particular basket goes up 20%, they're going to get one and a half times 20% or a 30% return. And that, that cleanliness, you know, makes it quite nice for the investor because it, it tells you up front what's going to happen. Mm. It's fascinating. Okay, so it's very interesting. So that, that answers the question effectively. Like, as you say, you've got a call spread. You've, you've bought an out-the-money call and you've sold a 40% out-the-money call five years yeah. term, and that's where the return comes in. And 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 there is the leverage aspect of it because of the the fact that you've bought yeah. a one-and-a-half times call. I mean, I, I guess I'm just thinking aloud now as an investor, you could you could effectively gear that up yourself being an investor by borrowing some money and then putting it into this product. Um, of course, yes, then you do have the funding that. cost, but but uh, and that's uh, that that then it becomes the investor's risk. Yes, very much so. And and so you know we we've seen people do that. They use carry accounts on on stockbrokers' sites, or they they borrow money. Um, we used to see it a lot more. I think when interest rates were very low. Yeah. Um, you know, U.S. interest rates were close to zero percent for the last uh, ten odd years until inflation reared its head. Um, you know, the, when you've got a so the maximum return will kind of work out to an IRR of nine point eight percent. So you don't want to be borrowing at anything over four percent to sure. to gear that up. You know, yeah, that, that yeah, that makes sense. That makes absolute sense. So I mean, it it looks to me like as a as a retail investor, I suppose one could, in a way, go out and recreate this yourself, but not really in the sense because you've got this Guernsey structured, this Guernsey company, which is tax uh, exempt, plus the ability to roll up the product into the next, you know. So, yes and no. Mm -hmm. I mean, on a mechanical level, I suppose a retail client could potentially go and. And, and recreate this yourself if you've got a little bit of no knowledge on options, but actually not really because mm. the structures that you've created really mm. are, are neat and wrap it up nicely. You know, I mean, you and I have both been in this market for quite a long time now. Yeah. Um, it's, it's one of the things, funnily enough, that a lot of um, people in financial markets say is, 
oh, I could just recreate that myself now. Yeah. Um, and I probably thought that myself 20 years ago. <laughs> the, the issue is we are, we're collecting a large amount of money here. You know, because we've rolled it up three times and this is the fourth iteration, um, we've got $130 million in this already before yeah. new investors come in. Right. Um, when you take $130 million and go to one of these banks like Morgan Stanley and say, I want to give you this money for five years, it's not a lot of places that you can get five-year term funding. Um, you know, you would know. So they are, are paying up for that money a little bit more than what you would be able to get by just going to, to buy a bond, you know, um, in the market. Um, we then go to these eight different um, banks and we say we, we want to trade $130 million worth of options. Um, and that gives us a certain amount of gravitas when we go to you know, Goldman Sachs, JP Morgan, Morgan Stanley, and we say we've got this big trade. We put them into auction and the best one wins, wins the trade. So they want to, to be best price. You know, if um, you walked in, I mean, I suppose if I was very, very lucky, I could afford to to do $200,000, you know, send up all my money and put it. And if I found up uh, Goldman Sachs and said, I've got $200,000 to trade in options, um, who can I speak to? I wouldn't get past the switchboard, I don't think. So <laughs> there, there's benefits, uh, <laughs> there's benefits to, to having that kind of size. And then, of course, you've got the structure as well. You know, where would you house it? You know, I'd yeah. get a piece of paper that says, you know, Goldman Sachs owes me this much money in five years' time. Yeah. And um, I'd have to start phoning around in five years' time trying to get paid. So there, there's definitely benefits from, from doing these. And I've found that, you know, there is no better way to do these uh, on a personal basis. So, for example, you know, we here at, um, at an Investec Bank, we put these together. We're paying advisor fees as well. Um, and and uh, you know, I can tell you, we we buy almost all of our products um, that we we put out into the market. So there, there's value in there for sure. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Okay, and uh, just talk to me quickly about about the desk. I mean, you've been at Investec a long time now, Brian. I think if I'm not wrong, you and I originally met back at Tradec back in 1999. Mm-hmm. I think it was um, so a long time ago, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but uh, you know, you've been at Investec a long time and these structured products, if I'm not wrong, I think you've got guys have done 104 of these in various different shapes yeah. and sizes over the, the last 20 odd years. So, so um, we've done to the public uh, over 100. Yeah. Um, 70 odd of those have actually expired already. So, right. you know, once we did for one year, three year, five year. Um, 71 uh, of those over 100 have actually expired. And so we can measure them. One of the problems we had was, you know, people would say, well, what are your returns like? And, you know, if you go to one of the big asset managers, they can show you their fund and they show you your benchmark and it grows over time. We have this, we invested you in the S&P 500 for five years and then we switched it into pounds and we put it into the FTSE and then, we switched it into the NECA. So we don't have this easy, you know, to measure graph. But what, what we have done is 
of those 104, 71 of them had had expired um, up until uh, the last week or so. And of those, 100% uh, were all cap- they all gave capital back as an absolute minimum. Right. Um, and even then, 96% of those gave a positive return. So we only had um, we only had three cases where you actually got back just your capital. Okay. Now that's a function of of, um, of a couple of things. One, we had a couple of products running up into 2007, 2008. By 2009, we'd started issuing a lot more. So, you know, markets came off a, lo- a low base in 2009, 10, um, and and we've had very good returns. But similarly, we've also been through the the global financial crisis. We've been through the COVID uh, crashes. You know, we've seen inflationary. So they. The returns we're starting to see over 20-odd years is, you know, we've been very fortunate. We've always given capital back. We've been 96% of the time people have got a positive return. Um, and because we add, in, in a lot of cases, we add gearing on, um, you know, our returns are outperforming those markets that we're actually measured against. Mm. You know, so um, sometimes the market's up more than 60%, but sometimes it's only 40% up. We're giving you 60. We're outperforming these markets. Yeah. So we've been fortunate in in that, yeah. I guess that, that no, I mean, it's fantastic. It's a hell of a good hit rate and a very good long term return. And and also, obviously, what you alluded to earlier as well is that not only, you know, can you benefit from the leverage on the upside when markets do well, but also there's that element of capital protection when markets are down. You know, so mm-hmm. if you're not losing any money, you're getting 100% of your money back and the market is down 10, 15, 20% or whatever over that period. Well, you're still a hell of a lot better off to then re-go, you know, go back into the market with your 100%. Mm-hmm. So uh, all around, it just, it looks so good. It's, it's, it's fantastic. Yeah. Another thing, Garth, that, you know, this helps is um, because not everybody is a, um, is a disciplined trader and you would yeah. know from teaching trading is yeah. you know not to to panic and sell out or you know when you see a big dip in the market correction in the market it's the time to buy a lot of people are gripped by that fear and they actually sell out at the wrong time hmm. and what we find is because the client has got that ah, i've got capital protection they they feel they can hold it hold through some of those you know, through COVID, for example, where we had that very sharp bounce, where, you know, if it was very much a trading instrument, um, you know, those retail guys might have panicked and sold right mm-hmm. right at the bottom. So, you know, some of the times we, it, it helps that they know, okay, I have this capital protection. I'm in for the long haul. You know, let's, let's stay there. Mm, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. And, and last thing, or second last thing, really, is just around the tax. I mean, I know you said that the, this particular product, um, this optimal investment growth basket, is domiciled in Guernsey, so that that it's in itself is a is a tax haven, um, and you can also roll the product into the next iteration of it in five years' time in order to defer the tax, etc. But I mean, at the end of the day, if if one invests in this product and then exits at some point. Uh, how is it taxed? I, mean, I understand that everyone's tax situation is is unique, so maybe it's not a fair question to ask you. 
But I mean, is, is essentially, is this thing going to be treated as capital gains tax or as income tax when one so, eventually realizes the return? Yeah, I, don't, I mean, we, you know, we as a bank, we can't give tax advice. But what we've seen over time is certainly that what you, what the investor is buying is a share, so it's a, a listed share. Um, their intention is. I assume to hold over the longer term, mm. and um, you know they are five years in nature. Now, when you buy an offshore share, you don't have this nine C protection mm. that you have for buying South African shares. But it's generally accepted that you're buying a share, you're going to be a holder for for uh, long, you know, the longer term, and um, you know you should be on capital account basis that. Um, and uh, you know we've seen that over the over the years that we've that we've had these products. The, as I say, the benefit of um, what the company does is the company in Guernsey pays pays a, a nominal amount uh, to Guernsey Company. They then the company itself is not taxed on any of it. It all flows through to the shareholders. So any okay. gains flow through to the shareholders. Yeah. But um, you know, that benefit of deferring because you're not selling every time it expires, you actually you you have the ability to roll onwards. And because you never sell that share, that would grow and you'll pay tax at the end of the term for sure. Yeah. But what that tax is is has the benefit of growing without being taxed in between. Mm. Yeah, you get to defer that tax liability yeah. out for the for the long haul the long haul. Yeah. Brilliant. Okay, Brian, it's been really interesting chatting to you about this. I guess the last thing is just to ask you then, if there's somebody listening to this podcast and they are now interested in this product and they want to invest, but I know this particular mm-hmm. one has a, a, what is a final deadline date to of, of 24 November, 2023. Yes. So that's going to be around roughly a month from when this podcast goes out live. Um, yeah. How does one get in touch or how do they go about investing in this product? Assuming they've actually got the minimum $12,000 that you're looking for to invest. Sure. So um, as I mentioned, you, you have to go through an advisor um, so we're as Investec Bank Limited. We are only issuers of the product. We're not advisors, and we can tell you the details of the product, but we can't advise you whether it's you know a good buy or not for your particular case. Mm-hmm. So we do ask people to go through to their advisors, through to their stockbrokers or their wealth managers. Um, the details of this particular product are on our website at Investec um, uh, Investec Bank. Um, under uh, the optimal uh, investment basket, and uh, and if people do have questions, they're welcome to email uh, through to me, and I can uh, put them onto an advisor if they don't have one, or uh, give them more details of of the actual product itself. All right. Okay. Fantastic. I don't know whether you want to give your email address out on this podcast yeah. or not. It's- I'm happy to do that. So it's brian.macmillan at investec.co.za and Macmillan's M-C-M-I-L-L-A-N. Right. Okay. Fantastic. All right, Brian. Brilliant. It's, it's been interesting chatting to you about this. I've learned a lot uh, having done the research for this podcast and also having spoken to you. Very, very interesting product. And I must say, it does make me kind of wish 
if I'd gone back 20 years to when you started doing these, that I had put some money into them and just left it. Because as you say, you know, as traders, we all don't always have the discipline to to know when to sell and when not to. Sometimes having that peace yeah. of mind of knowing that your capital is protected is actually, uh, it's nice to know. So it's a good product yeah. and it's certainly got me thinking from Thanks, a personal Josh. perspective. I don't think we, I don't think we had $12,000 uh, when we met in the, in the late 90s. No. We were trading um, uh, penny stocks. Yeah, we were. We were, we were and, yes, <laughs> we were trading warrants. I, I was trading yes, warrants because that was all I could afford. And it was, I was learning the hard way yeah. about how to lose money and warrants. <laughs> yeah. sure. Super. But it's been great, Brian. Great catching up with you. Thanks for your time and, and all the best. Yeah. Cheers. All right. Cheers. Thanks, Garth. Bye. Cheers. Thanks for joining us for today's episode of Talking With Traders, brought to you by IG, a world-leading CFD provider. We really are privileged to have such a leader in the field of online trading involved in this series. Please follow us on Facebook and engage with us there. And a reminder to make sure you subscribe to this series by clicking on the subscribe button on your favorite podcast app. If you've enjoyed this podcast, we'd also appreciate if you'd leave a review on the app too. Till next time.